This is Beyond Golf Talk. If this isn't entertaining you, then just don't even listen at all. Welcome all you hookers, all you shankers, all you slicers, duffers, whatever you call it when you're out there trying to find this golf ball, hitting it, finding it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Beyond Golf Talk with your hosts, Just Divot and Coach Frankie. We're coming from two parts of the country right here. Just Divot's out there in San Diego, represent. I'm in Austin, Texas. Just south of Austin, Texas, we have the Valero, the Valero PGA Tour event happening right now. Um, got a few names in there that we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to go over a little bit of coaching, uh, give you all some swing tips. We're going to talk about what's been happening in our lives. We're gonna, just going to give you a little bit of, we're catching up. Today we're catching up. Just it. you want to take it away? Let's, let's, let's kick this off. Yes, we are indeed catching up. I think it is indeed appropriate to, to definitely get something in and definitely reconnect, especially with everything happening with the state of golf and how, how we're reacting to it and how society is reacting to it. And I know looking at your stories, I'm, we're definitely getting that Austin weather right now. It's damp. L.A. and San Diego, we're getting the, that, that, that downpour that we – well, yeah, we severely how do you feel about it, but, How do you feel about the term moist? Uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I understand why people would be a little <laughs> turned off by it. I understand why people would be uh, – why, why they'd find the term a little bit awkward. Uh, I'd also ST. find – I think it's the S-T at the end. It's the S-T. It's the moist. Oh, no, maybe it's the O-I. I might have to go oi. with the oi, I, the, 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 yeah, the oi, and then the, the, the just the oi. combination. Oi. Oist. Oi. I think oist. I think the last, <laughs> the last O I S T. I think the last couple letters just, just set it off for people in a positive way or in a negative way. But definitely a great start. We're, 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 we're two for two so far. The last two this episodes is, on these this starts. Is beyond, this is beyond golf, really. It's the, it's about everything. That's for everything. We're gonna and break boy, it all down. And boy, you got beyond golf for sure, hundred and ten percent. But yeah, uh, it's a little moist here. Um, I haven't hit a golf ball in yeah. like I haven't hit a golf ball in like a week and a half, maybe close to two. It's looking what? rough. Uh, weather's bad. It's been busy. I've been. I was out of town. I was up in the bay. Uh, didn't bring my clubs with me. My brother did. He got some. He got some play. He got eighteen and a Mooney there. Um, I haven't. I haven't nice. even touched my clubs maybe in a good week. Um, but I've been itching definitely to get out there and you know uh hopefully start to shoot low this year and, and get things going get the ball rolling you know what i'm saying good 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 yeah i know we had a couple chats you sent me a video of your swing we talked about how <laughs> it was different like hearing somebody kind of break a swing down and it's definitely not the intention i wanted to to, to, to impart on you but um by really breaking down every part of the swing and like saying like hey do you got some good stuff going on just kind of getting you in like kind of on the right track is the is the right idea i think it's always it's golf lessons are interesting because i've growing up i, ha, I had a, my dad was my coach for the most most part of my junior career my junior life into high school i had a I had a coach um who who helped me out a lot kind of got me thinking about tournament play a little bit better didn't really touch the technique too much which is nice i feel like my dad did know what he was talking about um but it, it's interesting because you feel it's so it's so weird to feel like you're leaving everything there in front of this person who's pretty much a stranger for the first time you meet him. And you're trying to have this relationship where like you don't know are they going to roast you? Are they going to totally hate your swing? They tell you, you suck. Are they going to be one who uplifts you, gives you the right idea, and figures out like one drill or two thoughts, maybe one thought for you to go on and start start this journey? Like at least knowing what your what your positives and where you could um, start to, to to improve and strengthen. So it, it's weird. Nowadays, it's interesting. I, I'm seeing more and more people who are just picking up the game, 
And it hats off to them. Just being up the game around 25, 28, maybe 30, 35, and now they're getting the first golf lesson. I think it's great. It, it, people are realizing that without some sort of instruction, some guidance, it's really it's a, it's a tough sport to just navigate yourself. And the sooner you can get better, or at least know the fundamentals, the, the better you're going to play. A lot, a lot. Or just enjoy it more, right? You're not holding up play. You're having fun with your friends. You probably have played it since they were kids, maybe. Uh, maybe you're with a group of beginners. But maybe you can give those other beginners a couple tips too. So um, which is one thing, just to let everyone know out there, if, if anyone's uh, tried um, – getting a golf instructor and don't, or anyone doesn't have time to get golf instruction, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, let me, let me see your swing. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say, by the time we release this, I want, I'm going to put something on the, on the Instagram on beyond golf performance. I'm going to shoot out something there. Whoever wants to the first, actually the first 20 people who send me a swing video on my coaching app on on form, I will give you a free swing analysis just to get you started. And I think that'll be, maybe that'll be a way to, to get somebody out there. You heard it here, guys. First 20 submissions of your swing, trash or not, we don't care. Coach Frank is going to evaluate it for free. Swing evaluation, this is a, this is a rare opportunity that a lot of you definitely need, need to capitalize on. And I'm not just saying that just because he's my co-host, but the analysis that he's given me, quite frankly, is, is bar none the best I've received. And as far as lessons are concerned, I know that there are a bunch of contributing factors to people taking lessons um, or, or able to take lessons. A lot of those is time and, and finances. And those are the two things that go hand in hand when it comes to, you know, having the money in the bank to put towards lessons. I know people who have just sacrificed um, whether they're on the tour level or even the amateur level. I, I got a close friend of mine who, uh, who takes lessons from a really prominent coach down in San Diego, I believe. I, I keep name dropping Xander Shoffley, but I believe that Xander Shoffley was one of his pupils back in the day. Uh, but his, his instructor, my, uh, my homie Nico, um, his instructor goes by the name of Chris Smeal. I believe he's top 100 Golf Digest. Um, and he's been taking lessons from him for the past couple of months, has done wonders to a swing. Um, my homie Nico has been uh, fairly steep um, as far as the takeaway and then steep coming down as well. Mm. Um, and there's been a lot of work as far as just rotation, different, uh, different things with hand path, just transition, just things that I've noticed myself um, watching his swing. And these lessons just do pay dividends. And I know that we've been talking about it. You've been talking about it. I've been talking about it. We've been talking about it amongst each other. I've been talking about it even with my, uh, my older brother involved. His first lesson wants to be with you. That's who he wants his first lesson from, is from you. That's awesome. So we're going to make it happen. Hopefully this year, uh, try, to take, um, try to take a couple lessons with you and then obviously compensate you for your time and your effort um, and hey, the labor that it goes, yeah, that yeah. goes, that goes into, you know, making us hacks look incredible out there, you know? Just buy, just buy, me, so, just buy me some Via 313 pizza <laughs> out here in Austin or some. Oh, is that, is that the fire pizza over there? I kind of, you know, I kind of like it. It's so sacrilege for me being half Italian and not liking or not saying that like traditional Neapolitan pizza is the best. It's hard to find that Ooh, here in that Austin. sounds delicious. Uh-huh. But man, Detroit style pizza, I'm kind of, kind of about it. Kind of about it, about Detroit it. style, huh? I kind of like okay. it. Okay, yeah, it's got a it's it's a little it's got a little fluffy in texture. It's crispy on the bottom. It's got like the focaccia kind of feel, but via oh, so it's a little a thicker, really right? Job. It's a little thicker, yeah. Spongier, thicker. like focaccia. I know has that like kind of spongier feel to it. Um, yeah, still delicious yeah. though. I mean, when I say spongy yes. as a texture, it doesn't really sound too appealing. But when it comes to focaccia, you know, you kind of know fluffy. what I'm talking about. Crusty, fluffy, and fluffy. It's yeah. good. It's so good. I mean, biting into that, it's yeah. like a pillow, and then you get that nice, greasy, salty crust at the bottom, and all the toppings mm. on top. 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're getting off track. We're getting we're getting off track again. Is it moist? It's yeah, it's pretty moist. <laughs> okay. Three T's. Three C's. Gotcha. How, how three they yeah, okay. <laughs> gotcha. With three C's, huh? Oh. That's how we like it, man. That's how we like it. Uh but back to lessons. Let's segue back over to lessons real quick. Yeah, but yeah. Um we'll get you um I think uh I think we'll get you on Terry Black's if you've had Terry have you had Terry Black's? Barbecue? Yeah, I've had Terry. That was the that was the first place okay. I had barbecue when we visited Austin. Okay. And then we went to Salt Lake. We knocked out a couple couple top Salt Lake. You know, top places, I think. But no, okay. I haven't, I I haven't think... explored too much besides that. I had La Barbecue, um, which is a mm-hmm. I don't know if it was there when you were there. Um, newish mm-hmm. spot um, uh, in East East Austin. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I can definitely. It'd be fun. It's you know we should probably we should probably vlog this trip. You know when you guys come over, let's go eat. Take you to a couple of Filipino places I like to. Um, you can judge that, <laughs> and then we go play some mm-hmm. golf. I think it'd be a fun trip. I think I that is definitely the move. Okay, yes. okay, real quick, yes. we'll go on a tangent. If I go to San, if I go to your part of town, where's the where's the top place that you take me to go eat, and then where's the golf course we go play? It doesn't have to be super okay. private or expensive or anything. It could be wherever where we go play. It could be Muni. It's I difficult because. It's difficult because Tory Pines is a muni, and that's probably yeah. what you had in mind. I've never played. Uh, I've never played Tory. It's I've only played North. I've only played North one time. Shot at eighty-seven. Um, rough is no joke. It's like you said. It's three C's. It's three C's with a rough. Just throws um, that out there. Regardless, one time shot eighty-seven, guys. No biggie. You're right. no yeah, biggie. I had to finish. I had to finish in the dark too. It was rough. Because oh, yeah. yeah, I believe it was it sixteen. I believe 16 is the downhill par three, or is it 15? I think 16 is the downhill par three, and everyone just stalls there to take pictures. So the sun yes, was setting. Course, everyone's taking yeah, pictures of the yeah. Everyone everyone's taking pictures of the tee box. Oh no, this is on the north course. Oh north. And yeah, then so. yeah, yeah. Everyone's taking. It's the last par three on the back nine. Everyone's taking pictures, but with the sun setting, everyone's taking their sweet time. Some groups are walking. Some groups are riding. You just never know. It's kind of no. you kind of have to roll the dice on it, when you're going to finish if you're even going to finish at all. So it's it's kind of tough, um, but that's one that's, course that's I could think 15. of. Just just saw that right now. It is hole fifteen. You're right. Okay, right fifteen now. with a par three. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you have to yeah. hit. Then after fifteen, I actually birdied that hole. I actually birdied. Oh, I yeah. actually birdied. I putted from the fringe. Um, it was kind of. It was the pin was tucked back left of the green. I took my eight out, kind of stuck it near the flag, but it was on the fringe still. I had okay. maybe about ten, eight to ten feet for a putt. Um, so I just put it from the fringe and it, it lipped in on the left side. So I could definitely say that I, that I birdied that hole. Uh, I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate awesome. I could say that I birdied that hole. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, we have Tory. um, there's Medeiros, um, which is a great course. It's a club there. I believe who has the record there, Charlie Hoffman. I think Charlie Hoffman has a record there over 61. Oh, nice. At Medeiros, we play, I played there last year. Tough course, really, really, really tough course trying to think of other public courses uh there's mount woodson which a lot of my friends want to kill themselves over just because they play so bad it's just a really demanding course um trying to think of some other courses there's arrowwood which is in north county um there's a couple tracks near uh near my spot temecula creek uh absolutely beautiful it's uh so temecula creek is uh 27 holes um and then you get to choose um i believe which combination you want to do as far as um, the total for 18. So if you want to choose the Oaks course, or if you want to choose the Oaks course and the Stonehouse course, which is the more difficult course, if you want to do the Creeks course with the Oaks course and so on and so forth, that's definitely um, one of the courses to hit up. Uh, Journey at Pechanga um, near my hood. Uh, so that's one of the premier courses too. It's a resort course just because it's right by the casino. 
uh, probably the best course in the area, a little bit more premium. Uh, but okay. definitely don't see a reason why we can't find good golf in San Diego. There's plenty of good golf and still plenty of good food. Uh, so just to take it back to the food part, um, if you want Filipino food, uh, Tito's Kitchenette. Uh, Tito's Kitchenette is for Filipino food. It's uh, it's an OG spot, okay. absolutely delicious. Okay. They're in National okay. City. They're in National City. National City is just predominantly when you go there, you're just surrounded by Filipino people. Um, and then you have uh, you have Toto's. Um, if you go to Toto's. Um, it's like one of the dollar stick deals where you just pay X amount for, yeah. you know, your little skewer and then you grill it um, out in the open uh, over an open flame. Um, there's one of those spots. If you want good tacos, um, I'm a really big tacos El Gordo guy. Uh, so if you want like some good autobata tacos, um, that's the spot right there in Chula Vista off H Street. That's where I like to go. That's my go-to spot when I'm down there. I usually order eight and then I demolish it within 15 to 20 minutes. So those are we. Well, we're not going to have um, a shortage of what we can do or eat whenever you come down. Uh, so right, it's, well, it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah. I just booked my flight while you told me about all that stuff. That's you're that you're kidding. Great. You did it. That's all. amazing. No, you no, did I, it on did, the I did. I did. I did. Oh. I will. I, I I'm definitely looking at him. I'm definitely looking at flights right now. Okay, but if you if you booked it, I was but... I would have been like, Woo! <laughs> yeah, because you know wives wives run our lives, right? Ooh, I got to you. Wives run our lives. Are you, are Yo, you that's right a now? good one. That's Ooh, good. I just came up with that. I'm not gonna lie. T-shirts. That's pretty organic. And like, uh, make it golf themed. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of the it's kind of the golf culture, you know, with wives getting mad at you when you uh, when you take a little bit longer. When your four hour round takes, you know, can go up to six, sometimes mm-hmm. six hours. Um, if you're playing that's an what, organized tournament, well, it can even be longer. Yeah, I mean, we got to get our wives out there playing golf with us, right? So they're enjoying it too. And there needs to be a daycare at mm-hmm. a golf course. <laughs> I know, right? Definitely does. Uh, I think my, uh, I think my wife. Uh, so Jamie, she's um, not trying to put her on the spot, uh, but she's a big fan of the alcoholic be- uh, beverages. So yeah, I know okay. that we're gonna definitely be sneak. I know my Jones bag <laughs> could fit in like a good like six pack. There's a cooler pocket in the front of my golf bag. Uh, oh, she's a big yeah. high. She's a big uh, seltzer girl, high noon specifically. So okay, uh, okay, yeah. So she loves, she loves, she loves her a good high noon. To so all the, uh, to all the Rangers. To all the rangers and assistant pros running the uh, front desk at the local public yeah. courses in San Diego, please don't check just if it's golf bag because he's probably yeah. smuggling in a six pack, <laughs> just like everybody else. Yeah, and shout out to Jones Golf for making that cooler pocket in the front of their bag. Without yeah, it, I don't know up. what I do. They know what's up. Um, I like to keep snacks in there. Uh, sometimes like a nice half sandwich. Uh, it's, nice. it's it's great. It's great. So nice. yeah, if you were to come down and I were to go over there, vice versa. Uh, we're definitely gonna have a good time. I know if we go to Austin, no, Eric. Uh, I remember I was DMing Eric, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, next time you're in Austin, hit me up. Uh, take you around to Randall Golf Club, and you know uh, we'll show you around, and we'll have a good time." So, more than happy to take him up on that offer. More than happy to take you up on your offer of vlogging everything and doing a live oh, show, sure. a, a yes. live podcast. So, definitely exciting things in the works for this year. Yeah, I, I can't I, wait. I got- I got just the, the spot. I got two spots in mind. My buddy owns uh, Armadillo Den, which is a great outdoor uh, venue, uh, two-story bar. They got their own food trucks on property, uh, open-air um, stage and everything. So they got live music. They show the FC Austin games. And then another spot I have in mind is maybe Butler Pigeon Putt might let us just pull up at one of their tables, do a little event there. We get people to come out, Ooh. play some pitch and putt while we just kind of meet random people. And kind of like 
live pod, whatever we're seeing, and just kind of talk to people, ask them yeah. questions. I think that'd be kind of fun. We could do like uh, we could do like a giveaway. We could do some giveaways just to oh, random yeah. folks who play and book a time. Uh, the infamous yeah, the wives with their live shirts. Yeah. You're gonna get them for free. Yeah, now, those were. <laughs> oh my god, what's hilarious is I can't imagine a situation. I cannot imagine a situation where those do not fly. Uh, yeah. but yeah, well, you know, uh, definitely uh, to all you listeners out there, you know, we're, we're, we're always coming around, coming up with some, 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 some kind of merch idea. We're going to, we're going to make something happen here pretty soon. Yeah. So stay tuned yeah. for sure. As we knock out yeah. more and more of these episodes, we've got our guests lined up. Who do, who do we have lined up, um, the next, next week or so? Do we, should we yes. let people know? Yes. We got we a got? pretty good slate of, of people. I got a, I got a whole word doc that you and I share of just people that we have on the list and we got some really great guests. Uh, we got Aaron Munn from Trap Golf, uh, one Love of the that. founders of Trap Golf. So he's going to be on. We've been in talks with him. Um, we got Tee Up Kicks with Chris. So if you don't follow Tee Up Kicks with Chris, also known as Chris Whitehead, if you want to know his government name, just gave that out there. Uh, but it's on, it's, it's, on, it's on his Instagram. It's, his Instagram's public and it's on there. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, shout out to Chris, by the way. Love that dude. Uh, so if you any fire content as far as sneakers are concerned in relation to golf, uh, follow Chris. Uh, He's super approachable to uh, IDM, IDM him on, on the daily and, and talk to him, pick his brain. Um, and just being able to communicate with a guy like that. And he's more than willing to, to give you a shout out as well on his content. Just an overall really good guy. I'm really, I'm really excited to have him on and just kind of pick his brain on how he got started, you know, what his first sneakers were and kind of how he got into the game um, and how he had the idea to, to be at the forefront of the sneaker culture and golf culture and mold it all into this into this giant giant ball um so i just i love all everything that he produces and all the content that he has out really big fan of that guy yeah definitely another person that i've been reaching out to is uh one of the first coaches we'll probably end up talking with um he is he's well known in the golf world especially out in southern california uh, in the la area ron del barrio really cool guy he's got a lot of a lot of golf history uh, the coach of the celebrities out there is kind of what what he's known for. Coach to the stars, coach, coach to the, the stars. stars, coach to the stars, exactly. And he's got you know if you look up his stuff on YouTube, he has a great little swing method that that he was promoting. Um, just full of knowledge. Uh, coach to one of my favorite tour players who's who's played the game, uh, Jesper Parnovic. Love his swing, love his swag, love the style, and that's one of the first things that I saw when I was a kid. I was like, who's this guy with the popped up with the popped up visor? Yeah, right? like who Jesper Parnovic. Yep. What an easy, silky swing, man. And yeah. knowing that Ron Del Barrio, after not knowing this, is, was his swing coach, and, and it is his swing coach, um, it's great. So we'll have a lot of cool questions, a lot of great questions there for him, just about yeah. what it's been like to be in L.A., teaching, being a, being a part of Entourage, <laughs> being in movies, being in shows, and just doing the golf thing. I think it's, it's going to be a lot oh. of fun. I have my list of questions. And he's already been on a couple podcasts. I know he was just on the Par 3 podcast with – uh, some of his students, uh, Ala Ben Ball or Stephen Malbon, uh, and J.R. Smith, shout out to them. Uh, I know he was a guest on there recently, um, but I'm going to come with a little something different. I definitely got some good questions to ask him, pick his brain, obviously, and uh, and see what he's all about. I've been following RDB for, for quite some time as well. Just instructor to the stars, you know, you name it, Sylvester Stallone, Joe Pesci, uh, Larry David, Anthony Anderson, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, just the list goes on of everybody that he's he's been able to teach. So he's touched a lot of people in Hollywood and has been able to improve their game and you know get them to that next level. All right, so we're gonna we'll move on from that. There's been yeah. a lot of there's been some waves made in the golf world in the past couple weeks. I guess you can say things have been can brew it. 
what's up with this? Like, what, okay, what's up with the golf ball ruling, right? Like, I just want to bring yeah. that up. Let's just go get right into it. You know, the, people have been, and the tour has been trying to figure out ways to to make golf a little bit more, a little more fair to everybody who's playing the game. You know, it's funny because all we show on commercials when we're talking about drivers, we all we all show how you're going to get an extra 15, 20 yards. We're all going to get an extra 15, 20 yards from every new driver. I mean, yes, the guys that pounded out there will get an extra 15, 20 yards maybe. But the guys that are averaging 275, 280, they're still hitting it about almost 300 yards. There's There's no course that they can't play well on. Now I get that. Those wide open par fives where you can go – driver potentially five wood to the green for some of these big players maybe driver four iron could be a thing but there are other ways to make the game more fair um there are things that we could do before introducing a whole new piece of equipment it's one of the few sports that we get to actually play the same equipment as the guys that we watch on tour the same courses not everybody gets to go and play ball in yankee stadium with your best with your best friends right like we can't do that but we can go play tpc san antonio we can go play innisbrook we can go play tory pines we want to feel, I feel like as golfers, we want to feel like we can be like them, which we really can't, but it's, it's nice to be able to play the same stuff that they do. That's what drives the, drives the consumerism of the sport, too. Anyway, that stuff's been happening. Uh, just give it. Give me, give me your two cents on this. What's going on? And I, and I definitely want to hear from you as well, just because we're two golfers from two different abilities from two sides of, of the coin. Uh, and to touch on your point, that's part of the allure of playing golf is being able to play with the same equipment, playing it, be, be able to play the same ball, the same course, the same tee boxes and see where the pros go and navigate the way the pros do um, in, in, in every facet. And I think as far as an analogy or a, a comparison that I can make as far as the equipment is concerned is tennis. So with tennis, tennis companies are very, very notorious for just pumping out the same model of tennis racket. Wilson, Babolat, Dunlop, Head, those companies, those major companies, those major manufacturers are notorious for pretty much putting the same iteration of their racket every two years and just slapping a brand new paint job on it. The only difference may be balance, maybe weight, a couple grams here and there, um, but it's not the same as what the pros use. So if you want to use the same racket that Rafael Nadal uses, same racket Roger Federer uses, same racket Novak Djokovic uses, you're going to have to get what you call a pro stock tennis racket. So it's a different mold that the manufacturers made specifically just for the pros, which is a pro stock racket is just a bare bones racket and you customize it to your liking, to your weight, to your swing weight. This goes on. And if you look on tennis retailers, it says endorsed by Rafael Nadal, endorsed by Roger Federer, right? It's not actually used by them. Yeah, you're using the same shape of the racket, but you're not using the same weight. It's not modeled the same weight, the same, so on and so forth. It's not the same. It's from the Rafael Nadal, I think has been using the same racket. It's just been repainted over the years for the past 20 years. It's been repainted. However, eight, eight times, but it's been the same pro stock racket. He's probably been using since around 2003, 2004. Okay, so that. that's, yeah. So that's kind of where, you know, for those who are listening, I, I was a tennis player first. So as far as my knowledge with gear is concerned, it kind of stems from that. So when you're using a tennis racket, you're kind of defeated because you're not using the same gear that the pros are using on the tennis side. With the golf side, different story. Tailor-made, they're coming out with a Stealth 2 driver. You're using the Stealth 2 driver. You know, 
you're using a variation of it, you're using maybe a draw bias version um, or maybe um, a lower spinning version. Um, like the pros do, they, they prefer low spin uh, or the, 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 what is it? The paradigm driver that Callaway put out. So that's always nice. And mutual friend of ours, we've talked about him in the past, Hari Chang, and we've talked about golf balls. I know he's kind of in this quest to find his perfect golf ball right now. And it's funny because I actually played with one of these golf balls um, and it's a uh, Titles Pro V1 left dash. So I remember I had one in my golf bag, teed it up, first tee. I played around with my brother. And obviously my numbers are completely different from his. He probably swings it a lot faster. And his distance is a lot com completely different from mine, just apples and oranges, just being um, a touring pro compared to me. And my ball just sprayed right. I'm like, I don't, it's just, it's just way too hard of a ball to use, right? So, it, but the fact is there's people out there who want to use that ball and who can use that ball, right? So with that being said, don't really see why we're regulating golf balls for the, for the PGA pros, just for them to go ahead and lose distance. That's, that's not solving the issue, the overall issue of, of golf. You know, we're, we're trying to like what Rory McIlroy always says, trying to get to the grassroots. We're trying to get to more, more minorities into the game. We're trying to spread the game more and this is not doing that. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know if you agree. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, it, I, I love that you brought that up and paralleled another sport, and it totally makes it makes sense because I didn't know that that was happening in tennis. Um, yeah, you know, there might be a tour issue club that, of course, like if you know a buddy who's friends with Dustin Johnson, you might get a special driver head or something that he might use. Yeah, but for the most part, using the same stuff. Um, golf balls, pretty much the same. You know, you might get some of those top 10% golfers, top five golfers, top 10 golfers in the world, maybe that get a special compression rating on their golf ball, but it's pretty much the same thing. In, in NBA, more people are dunking. Do we, do we raise the hoop on them all of a sudden because we don't want them to dunk anymore? Do you want to stop an athlete from performing at his peak performance? For what reason? And what's the, what's the actual problem here? Is the problem that the scores are too low? Well, for one, I kind of want to. I kind of want to see pros go low because that's when they're performing their best. I want to see them spin that wedge back ten feet because, because how they cut the greens that day and they put like where they put the pin, it was like a special ramp to be able to pull that back. I want to see that stuff. I want to see them utilize every type of hit every type of wedge shot that they could because the lie is so fluffy around the green that they could be so creative. You start to see these crazy flops around the green. I don't necessarily want to see them struggle as much. I mean, yeah, every now and then, you know, you know, they could like when they're playing in a windy, rainy Texas like they are right now. It's, they're not going as low as they probably could when they're playing Innisbrook in Palm Harbor, Florida. It's a pretty tight golf course. Usually when they, they hit the Florida courses or the Texas courses, they're not they're not always shooting the lowest scores. It's usually a little bit more tough, a lot more green down here in the south. Usually playing, playing around the time of the year, it's still a little cold, a little windy. Um, that's kind of cool to see every now and then. But if the if the problem is courses are too easy for them. Just pick a harder golf course. I know five hard golf courses that are right around Austin, Texas right now that tour pros would never step on because maybe they're not in perfect condition. But you find those courses. You find the tracks that are already out there. We don't have to rebuild new courses. We don't have to do that. Let's just let's find ways for pros to be able to get out, have some sort of Wait, I think you cut out uh, your mic. Is your mic dead?
Check, check, check. There you go. Can you hear me now? Okay, cool. I switched mics. Um, I'll just I'll I'll edit this. I'll start over mm-hmm. a little bit. It's a beauty so, of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, in my opinion, why do we want to stop athletes from performing at their highest? highest level of performance? Why do we want to stop them from performing at peak performance? If a guy wants to dedicate more of his time to getting bigger in the gym, working on his speed, most likely he's not working as much on his short game. So those guys that are focusing on, and we specialize in golf. That's the thing. Like you got guys that are bombers. They're still really good at putting and chipping, but maybe they want to specialize in in hitting a long bomb. And you got guys that specialize in their wedge game. Guy like Zach Johnson doesn't spend hours in the gym to try to hit it over 285 all the time. You know where he spends most of his time? Around the short game. Hitting his wedges, dialing that seven iron into five feet when most of the other guys are hitting it to 15. You know, there's, so that's what makes golf so interesting because you have, you have so many different, you have a variety of different shots. It's not just, you're not just trying to shoot a certain shot from a certain line, like an NBA. You're not just trying to hit a certain shot. You're, you're surrounded by the environment. You have trees in your way. You have wind. You got to play a shot differently. Even though you're playing the same golf course, there's different pin positions There's different places they put the T markers. So the golf courses could be set up to be more difficult if that's what the problem is. If they say the problem is people are hitting it too far. Well, shit, that's, that's not, that's not golf's problem. It's, it's, people are just getting bigger. People are getting stronger, man. Just pick a golf course. That's maybe a little bit more difficult or let the rough grow out. You can still play. You still play uh, those, those wide open golf courses. Just don't cut the fairways so wide, put a priority on accuracy. So the guys that do hit it long, maybe they spray it a few more times in the rough, which makes it more difficult, especially when they're playing these, you know, 13 stint greens on slopes that they play on. I mean, golf's hard as it is. Right. And I think we want to see these guys who we look up to and ladies who we look up to play really well because they spent their lifetime doing it. Right. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't know. Oh, and as my, my, my friend coach Austin said in the NBA, you don't lift, you don't raise the the height of the nets because people are dunking more. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's my sense on it. I don't, I don't see why they would, make a ball not go as far. It's like, seems like the total opposite of what they've always been trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And I love hearing that from you, especially when it, when it comes to golf courses. Yeah. They're building new golf courses. I swear every year, like Tiger's building one with Mike Trout in Jersey. He has Payne's Valley in the Midwest in Missouri. I want to say, you know, in the middle of the Ozarks, he has Payne's Valley, yeah. a bunch of other different courses that are being built every single day. Um, I understand like logistically why they probably wouldn't house tournaments there. Um, but still golf is like you said, it's hard as it is. And there are definitely ways to make it harder. Like look at Torrey Pines, difficult course all year round, rough, you know, thick, the roughest thick fairways are skinny. It's when, especially when they play the U S open, it's definitely the most difficult conditions for the year right there, right then and there. Um, especially when you're you're and when you're adapting to link style, there are times where you definitely want to lay up and don't want to hit driver on a link style course because the ball is probably going to roll out. You're probably going to hit it into a burn. You're going to hit it into a little stream, um, into some to some uh, shrubbery or some ferns. You know, there there's only so much that you could do when you play golf and minimizing the abilities of these players with the work that they put in in the gym or on the range, on the chipping green or the putting green, like you said, just really does the it. sport a it does a it does the sport a huge disservice by limiting the golf ball and it widens the gap between us and pros. I mean, they're yeah, they're light years beyond where we are ability wise. But yeah, I mean, if I want to choose to play 
a right star or a left dash or a or TP5X, I'll play those. I'll play one of those balls just because I could say, hey, you know, they play that ball. Even though I might not shoot as low as they do, I'm still using that ball, right? Yeah. And, and there's, if, you know, if different they, balls if out there. About- yeah, and I was gonna say, I was just jump in real quick. If they talk about, yeah. you know, is if it's about viewership, like how many people actually do go watch golf all four days? Um, <laughs> that's a lot of drinking <laughs> for most yeah. spectators yeah. <laughs> for a whole yeah. weekend. Um, how yeah. many people watch golf all four days as religiously as like maybe you and I would, um, you know, on TV? Now I might catch a little bit of it the next day if I got some time before work or during work or whatnot, um, but. I, I don't feel like people are going to want to watch golf more if they're not seeing the guys that hit the long ball hit the long ball. You know, people don't show up to watch you lay up, as John Daly yeah. would, would tell other people. They, they yeah. show up to watch you hit the long ball because you're confident yeah. and you've worked on this for so long. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, golf is just – it's getting so much more – there's so, more, so, much, so many more eyes on the sport because uh, of the internet. Right. There's so there's a lot more um some more opinions about it. Uh and more people that aren't necessarily as uh as much of a of a longtime legacy viewer of golf or, or you know, a, a follower of golf or having more more say in what's happening. And I don't know, with everything that's happened with the Live Golf Tour versus PGA Tour and now the PGA is trying to minimize the golf ball and all there's just too much going on at once no after it's covid, way too, COVID way too much yeah like covid happened everything's like okay let's chill for a little bit and now all of a yeah. sudden things are back okay let's change this change this change this there's a business idea i'm just it's going crazy and i'm just sitting here trying to yeah. make the average golfer not shank it you know and we're still at the same problem for most people you know we're just we just want to be a little bit like the, the stars that we see on tv we want to feel like they're hitting the same golf ball and i want them I want them to be able to perform at their best. And if someone wants to spend four more hours in the gym than everybody else, albeit like, let's let them hit five more yards, 10 more yards of carry, whatever. It means the other person's working that much more on their short game and their putting. And it's going to be a lot. It's, it's more fun to watch that. I think like you get those yeah. guys that specialize. It just doesn't make sense to me as far as just limiting the golf ball, as far as equipment is concerned. I mean, look, if this is kind of a tone deaf argument, just depending on what side of the coin you're on, but we get fit for golf clubs. I mean, we're already trying to give ourselves an advantage by getting fit for golf clubs, right? So if you're trying to limit the golf ball, if you're starting with that, why don't you just let players just take their equipment and play off the rack, right? It doesn't make any sense. We're already, players are already giving themselves on an amateur level, on a recreational level, on a professional level, are already giving themselves an advantage by being fit individually for each single aspect and each component for their golf bag. Right. So I just thought if you're going to do that, just, just just wipe out the whole thing and just have players play off the rack. I know they're not going to do that, but it's just stupid how they're even trying to touch equipment in the first place when people, you know, I can't help that people are finding the middle of the club face so often and it's maximizing distance. I, I can't help that. That's just talent and hard work. It is. And we've already made yeah. we've made the golf clubs easier to hit. Of course, like there's, but there's a limit on the COR. There's a limit on the MOI of, of drivers. You know, there's only so much we can really push the golf club. So it's not like we're not making illegal golf clubs out here. You can see more players are choosing to hit more forgiving irons. The guys on tour aren't all playing blades. You don't need to. 
they're playing more forgiving iron. Say the straighter ball, uh, the straighter golf ball miss a little bit less. Miss if they miss, it's still the same yardage as they as they thought they'd hit it. It's not going to be ten yards off. I got a set of blades that I I practice with. I probably hit the center of the face twenty percent of the time. <laughs> Ooh. every shot looks good and it's like 10 yards yeah. short i'm like damn <laughs> every shot looks good though oh every shot look, oh man on, yeah. on camera looks great <laughs> so so it's like like i get it i see how how hard it is to play with blades like if anybody gets a chance go to your local play it against sports find go online see if you can find yourself one or two blades a seven iron maybe a three iron if you want to get better at golf get yourself one of those clubs and see if you can hit it in the center of the face every time you do that. I swear you can hit any iron you ever want. Um, that's, yes. that's a little tip, little, little, little pro tip. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we've done already a lot to the golf clubs. I'm pretty sure we've figured out that the golf ball can't be pushed to a certain compression limit. I'm very sure that like there are illegal golf balls. So that means there has to be a legal uh, limit on a golf ball. So what, what, like, what are we doing now? Like what, are, you know, like if we are building more courses, just make them more hard, let's make, make it more difficult. Uh, cut the rough out. Just kind of like what we saw at the country club at the last U.S. Open. It's not necessarily a very tight golf course. It's an old old school golf course. I was able to walk that course when we were shooting um, the country club, breaking the country club uh, with uh, with Eric Anders Lang at Random Golf Club. So I got to see this. The rough was, was long and it wasn't even fully grown out yet. Um, they could easily grow that rough in five more feet on each side and that would have been very difficult because these greens, if you, if you come out there with no spin, with the slopes and how the greens are, are built, You'll go off the green. You don't want to be off the green. It's very tough up and down. What are we looking at as far as what are we looking at as far as stamp on the greens on these on these pro tour courses? Dude, you're you're looking at twelve on a bad day. You're looking at thirteen. Twelve on a bad day. And, yeah, and and like so it depends on how ugly these courses are at the country club. They're probably twelve, eleven, or twelve. But downhill, those things run like fourteen, fifteen. You you're on the wrong side of the green and you're chipping downhill at a rough. You're not catching any of that golf ball. Most of us aren't, and it's going to go thirty yards past the green. There's already ways to make the course <laughs> make you want to give up golf and we've all played courses like that or we've all had that day do we want want to make this game even more difficult for for a majority of the people let's just let them do what they need to do let's play other courses i mean the courses in america too are just the way that the courses that the tournament players play are just so different compared to what european tour players play it's more old school it's a lot more it's it's heavily um it's you have to rely heavily on your accuracy off the tee um, it's, that's why a lot of times, you know, Texas players do really well in Europe because we know how to keep the ball low in the wind. We know what undulations like, and we can control the golf ball. Most other players from different States don't always work on that stuff. They hit the ball high. Uh, they, they don't worry about spraying it five yards left or right, but in Europe it's, you can't, you got to hit an iron sometimes yeah. off the tee and just hit a straight shot. So, you know, there's, there's different ways that we can get better at our game and, um, I think, or make the course more difficult and maybe that's what it is maybe just picking harder courses or make the course more difficult so i guess i guess that's where i'm at with with the with the ball debate um honestly i just you know and I, I i did pick a side there but you know obviously if anybody has anything to say about it um you know you can i think i'm going to leave a little question in spotify i think i can do that on the podcast i'll say what do you think about it you can leave a reply uh, we'll probably post uh, a little something on Instagram too, on both our Instagrams. Um, maybe leave a comment. Let's talk about it. So we could run a poll on on Instagram and see where people uh, where people on where people fall on their opinions. And uh, just to be safe, I think we are kind of preaching to the choir. I mean, this is a lot of PGA Tour pros and a lot of maybe live pros. A lot of them are. I don't think it's a very polarizing argument. I think a lot of them are just pretty pissed off that this is even happening. 
and Surprise. I think blindsided. Yeah, blindsided, blindsided by it. Too. Yeah, they've already tried, you know, making it making it an issue with the driver, with equipment, with with the ball now. Um yeah, just make the courses harder, pick a different course, whatever the case may be. I hope the sport's fine just after this and this is just abolished just altogether and we don't have to talk about it anymore. But we'll see what yes. the ruling is or what because I know it doesn't take into effect for another what, two years? Like twenty twenty five? Yeah. Or twenty twenty or maybe even next year. I don't know. But yeah. that's gonna go by quick. That's gonna go by really quick. Uh, and like you said, guys who bomb it, they're gonna bomb it no matter what. So it, it's 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 not gonna make it it's still gonna make a difference as far as you know what numbers we're gonna see, just depending on what kind of golf ball they'll that they'll be using and or how limited they are. But they're still gonna bomb it and it's still golf at the end of the day. That's me it, kind of playing devil's it, advocate. But, no, you're totally right. And yeah. I, I like that we're we're kind of wrapping it up here on that segment. You know, if we we're to, I almost feel like it's it's like Golf Channel is starting to like turn into like a like a CNN where we're talking about these random things when there's so much more to talk about, right? We're worried about pros not hitting it as far, but can we talk about like inclusivity in the game? Can we talk about ways that we can make more people enjoy the game for not the for not necessarily the competition uh, side of it, but just to like enjoy being around other people, having a break from. Uh, the reality, right? Using it as a way to feel better, uh, step outside into nature, be a little bit more self-aware. Um, there's there's other ways, uh, other things that we could be talking about in this sport that so many people are like so into this game now. And we're more thinking about how to break a certain score rather than like, what is this actually doing to us? Like, what is the benefit to being out in nature, being with your friends for four hours and and giving yourself a test every, you know, five minutes by hitting a golf ball. You know, there's, there's a lot of benefits from golf. Um, I think there's a trend here and we're seeing in Austin as well as probably other parts of the country too. There's a trend for shorter courses, pitch and putts, nine hole courses, give yourself maybe one to two hours at most. Cause everyone's got lives. They got things to do. Not everyone has five hours. You're not all retired. Um, so <laughs> it'd be nice to have five hours to play every day. Uh, but there's won't always be a thing for most people. So I think it's cool that more people are playing golf. I think we should figure out ways to make it more inclusive. Um, and I don't know if making golf ball fly any less far is, is a step in that direction, personally speaking. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what, kind of what, my goal yeah. when it comes to, yeah, that's kind of my goal when it comes to things. And I know that are a lot of people doing this. We kind of touched on this on the first episode. There are a lot of people who are in this Avenue who are already trying to grow the game and spread the game to the youth, to minorities and whatnot. And that's kind of what I do. Uh, that's kind of what's what I'm doing with my YouTube. You know, anybody that I talk to who's kind of interested in getting into the game, I talk to them like, hey, do you play or have you even tried playing? Nah, man, I've only been to Topgolf. Nah, man, I've only been to the range. And uh... it's getting to from that point to getting them out of their comfort level and getting them to maybe a short course, you know, because a short course can definitely benefit anybody. So it's it's definitely trying to get that transition and trying to egg them on into maybe trying something a little bit difficult, but still plenty of fun. And I think that while the game is fun, it's still it's still how would I say it? It's so nuanced that you get absorbed in the difficulty and the grind, and that's the beauty of the game. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that I talk to, family, friends who are still stuck on the range or which is beautiful in itself, just getting out there and hitting balls and seeing what you could do with a golf club and how far you could even hit it with each golf club. Uh, getting a couple brews out there and wash those down, uh, especially when it's like a nice, 
like low 80s, 70, like a nice 75, 76 degree day. Calories uh, late in, afternoon, calories maybe. out. Calories in, calories out. Exactly. So getting those people out there and having that transition to take them from the range over to the course. And I know that when I transitioned with Hari Chan, when I started, you know, chipping, going to his country club and just was chipping with him as a junior and then going over to the main range from the chipping range, it was, it was a completely different world, just moving, just moving to a different range. And I was definitely overwhelmed. And by the time I played my first nine, I remember just still wanting to go at it. I don't care how much I shot for the first hole. If I shot a 10 on the first tee, which was, I remember Rock Creek Country Club, just straight forward, short par four. I remember just seeing that hole and just so eager just to get at it and try to go as low as I can, you know, for my abilities. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube series that I have, Golfing with the Homies, it's just people from all different levels. It's it's dudes that are seven handicaps. It's dudes that are nine handicaps. People that are 11 or 12. Um, it's people who don't even have a handicap, who just got into the game and just bought just a, a nine club set from like Sticks Golf um, or one of those direct-to-consumer companies that are producing golf clubs for people who are eager to get into the game of golf. So it, it's just a lot of fun. We take shots. You know, we drink, we drink beer. We talk shit. We talk a lot of trash. We try to put each other down. It, it, some, this uh, last trip that we took uh, to Palm Springs for my homie's birthday, it got super competitive. And I don't even talk shit like that. I just do not talk shit. I just try to beat myself. I try to compete against myself. But that trip, it got so heated because we were playing a shamble. We, me and my uh, me and my partner, Arturo, we're the only group that was playing a shamble. Everyone else was playing a scramble. So we were just talking mad shit. And it got to the point where it got heated. People were booing our tee shots uh, and whatnot. But it's it's all in good fun. At the end of the day, you're still dapping up your boys or your or your ladies, whoever's playing with you in that group. And it's just a lot to a lot of fun just to go around. That's it, man. That's and that's really what it's about, right? It's just having yeah. fun. And there's something about there's something to be said about being out in nature. And it's I think there's some. I think they did a study on that, just being having more time out in nature, amongst the trees, amongst the beauty of what's around you, away from the city a little bit. It does something to you. It, it, I feel like it's, it makes you grounded, makes you a little, little bit more aware of taking in the moment rather than so focused on tasks and goals and being future or task-oriented. Um, or sorry, being goal oriented, uh, it's good to be a little more task oriented and just figure out like, Hey, I'm just walking, I'm breathing, hitting a ball and walking, breathing, having fun, having a drink or whatnot. It's just, it's just breaking up that monotonous day to finally just kind of get out of it and just do what we were meant to do naturally, which is <clears throat> as humans, take a club and swing it. <laughs> we go back to like caveman times like this. We're just being, we're just, we're just more in nature. And I, I love that aspect of golf. And for most of my life, golf was the grind for tournaments and learning about the game and playing and teaching. And, and it's teaching now rather than being um, selfish in a way. I feel like it's more a little more selfless where I'm not spending so much time on my game. It's more or less like how can I impart what I've learned so far, which I, I'm still learning. We all are. Um, how can I just make someone's game just a little bit better and feel a little bit better and get out there and build that confidence because, you know, we're just – we're paying it forward a little bit, I guess, when we're, when we're doing that um, with what you're doing with playing and 
with with I'm, what I'm doing in teaching, and I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more content out there to make it more fun. We have a par three video of uh, myself and Coach Austin playing our signature par three at Balcones Country Club, right over a little pond. It's a lot of fun. We played from different tee boxes, and uh, it was it was a good little heated match, little battle. I'm going to get more stuff out there with just talking with and meeting new people. Uh, just kind of be like the voice on the range. Get out there, find somebody I've never talked to before, see if I can get them a quick tip. If it helps them, it's great. If not, maybe it helps them the next day. But just just giving out some free information every now and then is always great too. But uh, but I like it. There's There's just so many avenues now with what we're doing and with the people that we're reaching that we can keep building from this. And the sky's, sky's really the limit. We just got to... We got to do this weekly. We got to do this weekly. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely got to do this weekly. But it's a beautiful thing what you're doing about Colonies Country Club with all the content that you're producing out there. I'm very proud of you. Like, I, I could say that every single day of my life. Just super proud of you. Uh, Thanks, but yeah, of course. And keep, yeah, keep it up, dude. You're, you're killing it and love watching the reels. Uh, I know, uh, you haven't, have you uploaded anything on YouTube recently? I've done I've done some small things, some quick tips for reels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing a a YouTube like a probably eight ten minute YouTube video on this this little par three challenge we did recently. I got I you know what I still have footage from when Austin and I played Pacific Grove, um, Uni in oh. in Monterey that I haven't yes. edited yet. So I'm going to yes. be editing that soon. We did a little like when we did our coaching event at Pebble Beach. We set up our tent right there on hole fourteen at the at the mansion that, that this company rented <laughs> um and we we started talking about what we were seeing and just in general with instruction we had people come up for a five minute swing tip we had people come up for a 20 minute talk about golf and we just kind of we talked more and more about what we're seeing uh with golf instruction so we're going to be pushing that that video out soon as well um besides that i'm i'm going to start pumping out more videos i know that i'm, I'm definitely going to do that it's going to be it's going to be good uh one thing i wanted to end this episode with and it's a note that you put in i think it's great it's a really cool idea if you were if you were to be able to meet your younger self or maybe you just wrote like a little memo or letter and leave i'll say you put did you put that i think you put that you know what i did <laughs> i did yeah, okay I think i'll that take was credit you. for it yeah if I, yeah. I think one one thing i'd like to talk about today would be that like if you were to just to leave this on like a positive note, because we've been talking about we'll this talk about this in golf. We'll talk about this, and then we'll get to Masters picks and just like and uh, go Masters quick picks. predictions. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, a uh, quick little little random segment here: uh, a memo to our younger self. If we were to le- write a write a letter to ourselves, um, starting golf, you know, from everything that we've learned so far up to, to up to this day, all the years of playing or being around it, you know, what would we? What will we say in that note? What will we say to ourselves? Um, and then I think one of the things that I'd say to myself, if I had to pick a few stuff, I'd say golf is definitely a journey. Shoot for the stars. Keep that dream alive of you playing, trying to play professionally, because it's a very slim chance of doing it. But it's not about it's not about the destination, right? It's more about the journey. So it's about those relationships you're building, the people you meet, the lives you're touching when you're teaching. Um, I never would have gotten into being a part of the police athletic league, coaching inner city kids in, in the part of Florida I was in. I would have never got into volunteering. I would have never got into coaching with the coaches who taught me back at Saddlebrook Academy. I would have never gone to Orlando, met Hari, met you. It just like thinking about all of the thing about the path and the journey um, and stay focused on that one main goal. Cause if you stay focused on that one goal, so many doors open up and 
I don't think I'd do it any differently. So I'd definitely tell myself to stay true to the path, trust the process, enjoy the grind. Nothing's given to you. You got to work for it all. But every day you're doing something, you're building something, you know, so just trusting it. That's what I'd tell myself. How about you? 110%. Staying true is definitely, I think, one of my core values that I hold near and dear to me is just staying true, staying true to your friends, staying true to your family, staying true to the people that you're close with. Um, I think that that just goes a long way and just tells a lot about you as a person. And I'm kind of glad to say that for the past almost 32 years of my life, that I've kind of stayed the same person throughout and maintained the same relationships with people that I've known for quite some time. And I'm really proud about that. Uh, But from a golf perspective, if I were to tell my young self, uh, (laughs) started out, how old was I when I first picked up a golf club to actually try to swing it? 15, 16, around there. I think Kari took me to his country club at 16. I think what I'll tell myself is pick up your clubs regularly and swing. Try to get fundamentals down and know that nothing is going to come right away to you as far as low scores or your abilities. Just don't even think about that. Put that on the back burner for now. Focus on what this game can do for you from a relationship perspective from a professional perspective, I'm not talking about turning tour to a tour pro or anything like that, but, um, but just as far as like a business, the business side, the business aspect of, of the game. Uh, but I think that's really important to me is just while staying true, surrounding yourself with good people to play with, uh, being able to network and, and meet great people. But I don't have that concept, you know, obviously of being 16 or 17 years uh, of age, but just if I were to tell myself that, just say, Hey, this game, even if you're not a professional, can do wonders for your life uh, from a physical standpoint, get you good exercise. If you're walking a course, um, but will connect you and help you build lifelong relationships. Amen. And all the people said, amen. That's, that's yeah. good. That amen. Love, love <laughs> it makes sense. That was man. great. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we, so mm-hmm. what do we got next? What are we going to end it with? Let's end it with master's picks. I know Matt, the master's is next week. All right. Uh, all right. Who, who out there is putting some there. money? Who's putting some who put some money in, in Vegas down on some on some odds? I know I was in Vegas for my friend's bachelor party. Tiger was coming back. He was in in contention. Everyone had him on the list. He had great odds. I think that was the year someone put up like the rest of their mortgage on Tiger to win. And the guy won a little bit more than what Tiger won. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, millions of dollars. It was crazy. But yeah, so we have Masters picks. What are you, who are what are you thinking? What are you thinking for, for Masters picks? I don't bet, but I should because, first off, Jordan Spieth 2015. I picked that. I have oh. receipts. I picked that. Okay. Tiger 2019. When I saw him at the dumb match play when he eagled, uh, he had – what was it? I don't know how much how much what the, the yardage is that he had in, but he holed out. Um, I Was it on a Saturday or on a Sunday? But I remember when I saw that clip of him holding out at Austin Country Club, I said to myself, if he continues this form, he's going to be a problem for 2019. And he was a problem. He won the Masters. He won the Zozo in 2019. So got that right. And then Scotty Scheffler last year, I have receipts for that as well. I picked Scotty Scheffler to win last year. You got got everybody like just leaning in right now on their car stereo, waiting for your pick. Who do you think? You're like the chosen one. This year? 
Ooh, he's kind of knocking tell at the door. Your, and then tell everyone your Venmo just in case they use your pick. <laughs> they want to give oh, you a little bit. <laughs> for sure. For he sure, he for takes sure. 10%. So if I were to gun to my head, who do you pick to win the Masters for 2023? I'm going to pick a live golfer. Reason oh. being, the reason being, he's been in top form for the past year or so. Okay. He won his first major last year. He's an Aussie. Okay. He's been knocking at the door of Butler Cabin of the Green Jacket the for the past couple years now. Does he have the best haircut on tour right now? Is this the, is this the guy? Best haircut, best mustache, best Scotty out there. Oh. Mr. Cameron Smith is my pick oh, for this right. year. Yeah, just because he's been so close. Uh, the players last year, he's won, he won St. Andrews. He's, he's won on some difficult courses, being close at Augusta a couple times. I think this year he could probably probably do it. I think he's kind of pissed off that he's discredited. I think people I think he thinks people are discrediting him for moving over to live and not having the ambition to go for more on tour. I think he has developed that chip on the shoulder from people thinking that and that he's out to prove people wrong. I can't really say the same for the rest of the live golfers. I I'm not just saying that just because, you know, they're they're just shooting whatever the hell they're shooting for 3 days on a shotgun start. Uh, and we, but that's another story for another day. You know, Phil Mickelson okay. is he is he okay. going to be motivated? But you know, he's at the twilight of his career. He's sure. probably, oh, I don't even know if he's able if he's eligible to play the Champions Tour. He's just going to play live either. probably the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. I think so he'll live on for sure. Let me give my five, and then I'll go. Okay, you. you're going five. So, okay, so you get your top. So yeah, that's number go. one. That's your top okay. pick. All right, I'll I'll go my topic. We'll go back okay. and forth. Okay, my okay, top go. pick. No, okay. I can't, I can't, Cam Smith for me. I, go for you. Camp Smith for you. I'm going Scotty Scheffler. I can't not okay. say that this Texas player is not going to play well in the Masters. I mean, he's got so much on him right now. Okay, go. What's your number two? Scotty. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty as well. Okay, you got Scotty number two. I got Scotty number one. Okay. Yes. Um, my number two. My number two. Oh man, this is tough. This is tough because there's a lot of really good players. There's a lot of really good players. John Rom. John Rom's number okay. two. I think Scotty. That was my. That was that was my number. I was going to say that was my number three. So I'm going to go top okay. three for right now: Cam Smith, Scotty Shuffler, John Rom. Okay. Okay. And then who's your who's my, your number three? My three man. I think, I think this guy can do it. He just needs to get through it and do it. Patrick Cantlay. I think he's been knocking at the door. I think he's had some good runs at it. Um, I think it's just experience, and I think he could do mm-hmm. it. I think he's more than capable of pulling it off. He's major quality talent. Just he's he's strung together some great wins, Memorial, um, a bunch of other great wins, just trademark wins that he has under his belt. And I think his just confidence when he's on is just it, it's hard to shake. When he's on, he's just completely on. So Patrick Grant, Patrick Patrick Cantlay is just a great pick. Uh, yeah. So we're we are four and five. Okay, so yeah. four. This is my dark horse pick. My dark horse okay. pick is going to be uh, Ricky Fowler. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wait, is he even playing? Okay. I don't. I don't, I don't even know if he qualified. Oh, wait, is he not? Let me let me double check. Because I know he needed to get to the quarterfinals of the Dell Match Play to even play in the Augusta. If not, I'm switching my number four. Sorry, guys. We all make mistakes. I know. I keep track. Uh, I know he might not qualify. No, Ricky Fowler. I, it, yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up on CBS Sports right now. He's 16 to one odds to win. 
Okay, so yeah. he is. Yeah, you can go, Ricky. You can go, Ricky. Okay, I'm going Hideki. okay. So he I'm is. Going... He is in the Masters. Okay, great. So yes, I'll go. I'll, okay, yeah. Hideki and Ricky. Okay, I, great. I go Hideki. I honestly, I'm kind of. I I think I should have put Hideki up there before John Rom. Actually, I think I should put Hideki there before Scotty Scheffler. Um, Hideki is amazing. He's got the game for mm. it. He's he's got the consistency. It's he's <laughs> he's ridiculous. Um, but mm. you know, I, I don't I don't know if he's playing at 100. percent um, I know he had a little bit of an injury during the Dell, uh, it, 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 I think in 2021, mm-hmm. um, wait, sorry. No, he, he did, he did withdraw recently, um, with a, with a little mm-hmm. injury, but I think if he's at hundred percent physically, I think he could win it for sure. Just can't, and just cannot I, count I, him out I, at yeah, all. Yeah. I, I need a, I need a good master's dinner menu next year. See, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give my number five and I'll go ahead and give an honorable mention. So number five that I have is going to be Victor Hovland. Good history there. Has been the low amateur there at Augusta. A good track record. See, the course seems to suit him um, a little bit more than others. So I got Victor Hovland probably rounding out number five. Honorable mention. Let's go Max Homa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. Homa's great. I mean, mm-hmm. great attitude, good player. He could totally pull it off. There are uh, some other guys out there that are a little hotter, but that's a good honorable mention. Mm-hmm. My honorable mention will be Sandy Lyle. Oh, Sandy Lyle. Sandy Lyle. Veteran. Veteran. Mm-hmm. I love his name and 5,001 mm-hmm. odds that he wins it. Put, put a little money on him. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Gosh, Hall of Famer Sandy Lyle, huh? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Who knows? What majors does he ask his name? He's a no green champion. He won the green jacket, right? Ninety, not ninety-seven, because Tiger. No, not oh, all the way back in the eighties. Ninety. Yes. Back. Eighty. Eighty. Eighty-nine. Ninety. I think so. I think a long so. time ago. Let me look it up here. here. Oh, yeah, no, Green Jacket winner Sandy Lyle, eighty-eight. Yeah, a long time ago. Runner-up. That's, that's Mark, a good year. Runner-up Mark uh, was... Mark Kalkovecchia. Yes, that was the year I was born. Yeah, okay. I knew it was going to be a good pick. It was it was written in the stars. Sandy freaking Lyle. Just about right. a month That's or a good two pick, years after I was born, <laughs> he wins the Masters tournament. <laughs> He's going to win again. I so if I don't He's put money on Sandy Lyle, he wins. I am going to freak. At the all age right, of sixty-five, I'm just going to be. I'm just all the whole <laughs> the whole time on Instagram. I'm just going to be like just blasting Sandy Lyle, like the whole time, just like really rooting for this guy. <laughs> Like yeah, gonna make it. He's gonna have like the earliest tea time. It's gonna be him and like Bernhard Longer at like seven in the morning on a Thursday, freezing cold. Well, honestly, that's the best (laughs) time. No one's no one stepped in your line yet. You know, there's no there's no bumps in the greens. Dave Peltz talks about the the lumpy donut effect, which is where every every player. Whoever plays the round of golf, they usually have about a two feet radius around the cup where you're taking one step and bending over to pick up your ball. Guess what? Oh, All that weight goes down on no, one no, foot. No. That it ha- that's a thing. It's a thing. It's scientifically proven by Dave Feltz. <laughs> the lumpy oh, donuts. Sandy Lyle will get the lumpy donuts. <laughs> Don't tell Bryson DeChambeau that. He probably already knows Dave Pels and all his tips yeah. and tricks. So, yeah, but yeah, let's keep that a secret for now. But uh, yeah, do you want to do you want to send it off? Hey hookers, hey slicers, you shankers, you duffers. I know y'all are listening. Oh, you those scratch players. I know y'all coming out of the woodworks. Thank you for listening to episode four of Just Divot. 
and Frankie, Coach Frankie, bringing to you some Beyond Golf talk. We're just catching up today. We're going to have our guests coming in starting next week, so stay tuned. We have, who do we have? We got Aaron Munn from Trap Golf. Aaron Munn from Trap Golf. This is going to be fun. Yes, We're just kicking off with our, with our guest speaker series, so stay tuned for next week. Until then, swing easy. Swing easy, baby. That's all we could ask for, just swing easy. Swing easy, baby. All right, let's go, Sandy. Let's go, Sandy. All right, let's go, Sandy. All right, see you later, guys. Uh, Stay tuned for next week. This is Beyond Golf Talk.